and welcome back to Bourbon Stuff. This is Carolyn from Bourbon Stuff, and as always, here's my husband, Eve. Hello. I hope that everyone is having a safe and healthy end of the year, and that you are gearing up towards Christmas, which is not too far away No, it yet. is not. We're almost there. I'm ready for it to be all over. <laughs> and in honor of the Christmas season, we are going to be drinking tonight one of our most pivotal Christmas-flavored whiskeys that we have come across. Yeah. We are doing this year's release of High West's A Midwinter Night Dram. There's an S. Oh, whatever. Winter Night's Dram. Whatever. I know. I know. So, yeah. We have been lucky enough to get, um, since we really started collecting things that were High West, we have a few of the Act 7s, we just got our hands on Act 8. And we also have an Act 6. And we've been able to try through the generosity of some of my listeners and followers the early... Was <laughs> early, it Act, Act 3 and Act yeah, 5? Yeah, Act 3 and Act 5. And I have to say, uh, leading up to 7, the, the later... Uh, renditions are much more enjoyable. We are not sure about this one yet because we just opened this today. And yeah. So this is Act 8, Scene 1. And it is 49.3% ABV or 98.6 proof. Um, so what A Midwinter Night's Dram is, is High West's release of uh, Rendezvous Rye finished in French oak port wine barrels. Mm -hmm. We don't really know how long, um, but we do know that it is finished in those. And this year's release, um, the actual blend that made up this product is um, a 95% rye, 5% malted barley um, by MGP, and a blend of 80% rye, 20% malted rye, which is a 100% rye uh, distillate that was made and aged by High West themselves. So this is their own distillate with MGP's distillate uh, blended into it. Mm -hmm. uh, the bottle retails at roughly $100. Uh, we, if you can find yeah, it. Yeah, we're lucky in that we can sometimes, very rarely, like by the grace of the bourbon gods, or whiskey gods in this case, um, find this at about 100 to 115 locally. Yes. However, I've seen this go as high as 130, 180, as low as 95, or if you can only get this on the secondary, you may be paying 200 or $300 for it. Oof. Yeah. I mean, right now it's currently running about 150 on secondary. Yeah. yeah. But... Yeah. Um, I'm just super happy that we were able to get this. There were at least three attempts to buy a bottle of this that completely fell through after making the purchase. Yep. Uh, including through High West's own website. Yeah, so, but, but we do not fault High West for that. That was not in any way, shape, or form their fault. That was 
just a mass, like... It was a poor implementation of a purchasing system that they tried to do that just, it just didn't work out. And frankly, they apologized profusely for it. And And they sent everyone who had made an order um, a I'm sorry gift. And it was a pretty cool uh, horseshoe... Bottle opener? Yeah. Which, I mean, it's better than nothing. They could have just been like, sorry about your bad luck. But they, they actually went out of their way to do something. Yeah. While it wasn't a bottle of Midwinter Night's Dram, <laughs> which would have been even better and more appropriate in my book. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. Not much to do about that. Uh, shit happens. Yeah. And uh, later on in the podcast, we will actually be doing a comparison of the Act 8 Midwinter Night's Dram against an Act 7 Midwinter Night's Dram that mm-hmm. we were able to luckily get last year. Yeah. Um, so I will say some of the easier places, like the big box style places that you might be able to find midwinters is if you have a total wine in your area, they will on occasion get midwinter nights. If you have a BJ's, a Costco, or a Sam's in your area, they also uh, often can release midwinter nights maybe once or twice during the um, fall season. Fall season. And if you're lucky enough to live in Utah, um, they actually announce what is going to go on sale at the distillery in the gift shop. And this is one of those products. And at the gift shop, with tax included, it was 115 Yeah. Um, which, not terrible if you take that into consideration. Um, so, hey, if you know (laughs) anyone in Utah, maybe they can be a mule for you. (laughs) Um, either way, we wish you luck in finding this, and it's a pain in the ass, but... It's not the hardest thing to find. It's not pappy hard. No, Um, no, no. Yeah, if you, if you put your put boots on the ground, you can probably find this if you look in the right time of year, which... Uh, this year now is the time. <laughs> this year, uh, it the initial release was in the beginning of October, mm-hmm. at, which was a little bit earlier than previous years. Yeah. Um, so from October through the end of the year, that's sort of the time when you need to be looking for a midwinter night's dram if you're wanting to get a bottle at retail. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, think, let's think we've rambled on long yeah, enough. Let's go ahead and get into the nosing. It's been sitting here for about ten minutes now. Sounds good. I mean, it smells like just straight up rye spice. So I'm getting the rye spice, but I'm also getting that sweetness from the port at the same time. Like a little bit of weird kind of plummy grapiness? Yeah. Yeah, that dark fruit sweetness. It smells a decently bit hot I mean, it's on sm- the nose. It does smell hot, and there's this weird kind of hit of licorice and cinnamon that I'm getting on the, like, the back end of it. Yeah, it smells like a very um, herbaceous and spicy rye just on the nose that has that you know, added bit of complexity and sweetness that you'd expect from a port-finished whiskey. Yeah. Oddly enough, though, I'm not getting a lot of oakiness. No. Neither am I. Which, for its color, I would think there's going to be a lot of oak influence on the nose, but there's not. That... I think the color is a bit deceiving in that it is finished, so that could be where that darkness in color is coming mm-hmm. from. Okay. Uh, well, you want to go ahead and get into it? I was thinking we could take a break. 
come back and get into the tasting and then do a comparison. Alright, well, with all that being said, we will be right back. Alright, we're back. Uh, well... Let's get into the tasting. Let's get into it. Shall we? Oh, that's lovely. The port comes through. Yeah. The port comes through, and as bad as this sounds, it tastes quintessential of MGP rye. So, I am definitely getting the taste of that, like, very herbal forward MGP rye. Yeah. But there's There's, more to it than that. There's like a little bit of almost kind of coffee-ness at the very, very back. Like, think like Texas whiskey, where there's that weird kind of tobacco-y or coffee-ish flavor. I've only ever picked up the coffee flavor on one, and that was the Balconis rye, which that is just like drinking a pot of black coffee. Yeah. I mean, this... I had nut, uh, candied pecans, like, a little bit ago, and whatever. <laughs> My palate could okay. be a little bucky. So it's very rich. It no. Is... You, you disagree? I disagree. I think that it's ridiculously thin for what it is. Like, I think it's thin. I think that it almost falls flat. Like, yeah, it's rye. It's rye. It's port. But I'm having difficulty finding any of the, like, cinnamon and baking spices that I find iconic for Midwinters. And you know what? That's fair. Um, To me, it is very, very flavorful between the port and the spices that you get. Like, the the anise. um, I mean, yeah, like, rye spices there. Yes. The the kind of, like, licorice-y, grassy green that rye is. Yeah, that's there. And you know what? The finish, the finish on this, it's very oak-forward. But it's it's, it's almost luscious, I think, is the best way to, to put it in that regard. This weird kind of silky oakiness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I still don't like how thin. It's very thin. I prefer the whiskey that I drink to have a bit more body and oily nature to it. This does not. And you know what? That just goes right into... Imagining this at like a proper like one fifteen to one twenty, mm-hmm. being cask strength, that would take this to the next level mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. I yeah, but you know what? It's not lacking flavor. Yeah, it's just lacking that that viscosity it, that you. Like. It's lacking the depth that I prefer in my rye. It's lacking the mouthfeel that I prefer yeah. in my whiskey. And that's what it is. <laughs> it's the it's the mouthfeel. It is thin. In the mouthfeel. Yeah. But it's not lacking flavor. No. Um, just from this alone, from memory of other midwinters that I've had, this is not my favorite. But it's been, shamefully, it's been about a year since I've had I'd say about winters. six, seven months. I've, I've given you pours of it before. Okay, but it's, past, been, yeah. it's been It's been long a while. enough. Like, yeah. like post-quarantine. Um, yeah... So, like, post-March, definitely not. That is more than fair. 
Um, yeah. Well, since we're talking about other releases, should we compare it to Act 7 at this yeah. point? Go ahead and give it a sniff, sir. I'll give it a sniff. Okay, so personally on the nose, I think that the Act yeah. 8 is way richer and has a more well-balanced nose. Okay. I will give you that. On the nose alone right now. So far. There is more depth to the the scent. To this year's. To Yeah, to this year. And there's not a lot at all missing from the Act 7 bottles. We can't say that, oh, it's like it's been, you know, too much. It's no. nearly full. Yeah, there's like maybe a couple ounces missing from it entirely. Yeah. Okay, let's go in for the taste. I still prefer Act 7. Really? Yeah. I think that Act 7 falls flat on the flavors and doesn't improve on the mouthfeel or the viscosity of it. That Act 8 is just so much more forward in both the rye flavors and the port. That... No, I think that... Okay, 7 for me is spicier. Has even more kind of oaky finish to it. It loses that that anise, um, like, yeah. really strong anise it, and it's just more, it's, it's more, uh, gentle rye, sweet corn, and, like, maybe, like, more cinnamony on the back end, which I do not get in eight at all. And the corn makes sense, because there is, there is a, there, decent amount of corn in potentially yeah, yeah in the blend because the difference between eight and seven is that seven has two additional rise from Barton yeah um uh 53 37 10 uh, 53 rye, rye 37 corn, corn 10 malted barley yeah and an 80 10, 80 rye 10 corn 10 malted barley yeah two different so buttons. so both of those ryes in and of themselves are going to be sweet corn i think a good way to put it is if you're more into if you're looking for something that's closer to a bourbon I think that the Act 7 yeah. might fall into your, your wheelhouse a little bit more. Uh, if you're wanting something that's more, like, forward with the rye, because this is a rye, uh, Act 8 is is your go-to. Ooh, no, don't... Oh, I'm what? sorry. What's up? Take a sip of that, take a sip of 7, mm -hmm. and then go back to 8. It ruins... Eight entirely. It makes eight just this bitter, tannic, weird thing for me. I disagree. I don't. I don't get that the way that you do, and that's okay. Um, personally, eight I think is a better product than seven to me right this now. Is, this is this that's is seven. seven. Yeah. Um. Oh, you mad lad. <laughs> so she just blended uh, seven and eight together, and I will agree with you that the barrel influence on the seven is definitely a bit more the nose with the two of them mixed together is better oh yeah yeah um the nose is best of both worlds when you blend the two <laughs> oh my god that's so much better <laughs> holy shit okay that is so much better because whatever whatever happens it brings out 
It brings out all of the, the fruity portness. It it's brings forward this like baking spice hit. It adds the oak that's needed. It takes the tannicness away from one of them. It makes the mouth feel a thousand times better. And let's not forget, it also brings out the the, the rye spices yeah. too. Um, holy shit. So equal parts, act seven and act eight, I will agree with you wholeheartedly is better than either of them on their own. Yeah. That each one is lacking things, and it just so happens that one is lacking what the other is putting forward. Mm -hmm. um, but on their own, if you want something that's more um, rich oak, go for Act 7. If you want something that's more sweet and spicy, go for Act 8. Yeah. I think that's a fair way to put it. Yeah. Um, so that way you can make up your own decisions. Yeah. I still think, personally, that yeah. I am a bigger fan of 7 than I am 8, but I... I'll do a revisit of eight yeah. at an, another point. And we'll we'll see. let we'll let the neck pour kind of breathe for a bit because um, we have seen on more than one occasion after that first pour has been done that our second approach at a whiskey will mm -hmm. drastically change for the overall flavor. Um, Stag Junior, I think, is a fine example yeah. of that, where the first sip was just. A hot mess and did not have a lot to it but when we revisited it at a later point it just opened up and turned into this magical beautiful tropical fish <laughs> yeah um okay so what? i definitely want to be a mad lad and like make my own little like four ounce dram of equal parts yeah why not and just like let that marry for a while and see what happens I, I was thinking a half bottle, a thirty-seven-five. Whatever. Yeah, one eighty-seven of each. Um, but I guess the real question is: Are you unhappy with Act Eight? No, I'm not unhappy. Good. I think that like I am content. That's fair. I'm not unhappy. I'm not happy. I'm glad that we have it for sure because like the completionist in me is like yes. needs. Um, but I would rather find older, like, last year, year oh, before. Oh, yeah. Than... If we could find a, a five and a four, that would yeah, be then, crazy. Then try to find more of eight. So. Yeah. Uh, eight is one that I will happily keep a second one bunkered away. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know if I'd go for a third and a fourth. No, and I don't think that this is going to be one that I'm going to be like, hey, I would like a dream of blood to drink. It's not the one you'd reach for first within no, the collection. No, and I don't think that it would do good as a um, a base for any type of drink. No, I, I think it would it get is. lost in a cocktail. Yeah. Um, the spice might hold up itself, but uh, as a whole, I think it's a bit thin. I think that the spice may hold up, but also all of the tannic bitterness would we'll come, come out of it. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Oh, okay. With all that being said... Please do check me out on Instagram. My username is bourbon underscore and underscore stuff. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so by emailing us at bourbonstuff at gmail.com or you can message me on Instagram. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for sharing. And uh, by all means, please do show this to anyone you think that may benefit from it, enjoy from it. And, you know, hey, if you want to chat, if you want to change, exchange drams, if you want to try something that we have, or you just want to bitch and moan to us, by all means, contact me on uh, 
other platform. Yeah. And if you've had Act 8, let us know your thoughts on it. By all means, yeah. Yeah. And with that, remember that all whiskeys, even these limited edition pseudo-unicorns, are meant to be shared. <laughs>